following lecture was produced by the Gnostic Academy of Chicago, a nonprofit organization, and is one of many available for podcast, download, and transcription. You can visit chicagonosis.org to find courses, articles, scriptures, commentaries, and other valuable resources that address a wide variety of spiritual subjects, interests, and needs. Through the generous support of listeners like you, the Gnostic Academy of Chicago has produced online courses, lectures, and articles freely available worldwide. If you have benefited from this knowledge, help humanity through making a tax-deductible donation at chicagonosis.org. If you are interested in attending the Gnostic Academy of Chicago in person, you may view our online class schedule and freely register at meetup.com slash chicagonosis. The Chicagoland Gnostic Academy provides humanity with the necessary means for transforming suffering and acquiring personal knowledge of the divine. With this purpose in mind, we now begin the lecture. May all beings be happy. On this retreat, we've been studying ourselves, the nature of our states, moment by moment. All the practices that we are performing are teaching us to understand being, who we are in our depth. but we often face a big problem. We do not understand the being, our true nature. We're gonna talk about the being, what it means to be in accordance with the opening surah of the Quran We've been studying meditation, how to access states beyond our ordinary perception. This surah is recited every day by Muslims. Its power is profound. More importantly, it teaches us about the being, who we are truly, deeply. We'll examine the tree of life, the Kabbalah, because the Kabbalah emphasizes the being itself. It is the totality of what we are and who we must become. This tree of life is with us now. Every aspect of this glyph is present 
and we can access these states when we remember God. We'll talk about what it means to remember and we'll examine each line of al-Fatiha of the Quran in relation to this tree of life. In the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. Allah in Arabic relates to divinity, but this name is very deep. It is usually translated as the God, but in Arabic, la means no. Al means the. Allah is the nothing, the emptiness, the cosmic space from which everything emerges. And in Islam, you do not anthropomorphize space because it is impossible. More importantly, we experience this state when we learn to be. When we are here and now. This quality of being is free of self in the way that we think of it. There is no I in our common parlance. It is free of attachment, fear, anxiety. It is the truth. It is reality. And when we meditate, we seek to clear up the mind to be free of obscurations. This top glyph, this trinity, which emerges from the unknown, is consciousness that is limitless. It is omnipotent, it is all pervasive, it is sacred, it is compassion, it is love for all beings without exception. We have to learn to access this light in all of our practices. Everything we do, we should strip away me, myself, I, what I want, what I need, what I crave, what I desire. This reality has no attachment, but it is pure encompassing being. Comes from the Ain, which means nothing. When you transpose or trans, transfer the word Nun 
and I and Yod in Hebrew. You have Aleph, Yod, Nun. Switch the N and the I around. You have Ani, which means I am. It is a state of real being, but not personal. It is transcendent. What is our true nature? When we strip away anger and fear, anxiety, problems, passion, you arrive at love. You arrive at your true nature. You arrive at mercy. Allah is light. It is being. It is pure. We speak of the three forces. Keter, Chokmah, Bina. which in Hebrew is crown, wisdom, intelligence. These are not three people, which is why in Islam, they reject the Trinity because this tradition degenerated. That light is one. This is the doctrine of Tawheed, unity. And when we're practicing runes, meditation, sacred rites. We're looking to unify ourselves, integrate the consciousness. We also have hesed, which is mercy, the spirit. This is being. This is our true nature our inner God. Light upon light, as stated in the Quran, levels and levels of being, more abstract, more pure. Praise be to Allah, Lord of the worlds. Intelligence organizes that intelligence is inside. Every galaxy, star, planet, cosmos is governed by intelligence. More importantly in us, intelligence should be our way of life. To know how to act in each moment with insight, with clarity, with wisdom. That knowing is in the moment. You cannot plan, prepare, conceptualize. We must be here and now. These worlds are inside. We must 
develop the intelligence of a star, of a planet, of a galaxy even, maybe even beyond. The compassionate, the merciful. Why repeat? We need mercy because we are weak. We are fallen. We have ego. And we need to change. Many people read the Quran as a severe text of punishment, yes, to the ego, but not to the soul. We need compassion, mercy, because our sins are great. And we must remember compassion, mercy in all of our interactions. especially when we are tested, when we see the ego, when we see our mistakes. We must learn to kiss the whip of our executioner, whether it be with our friendships, with our marriage, with our job, or all the above. We must learn to love even when it hurts and it is difficult. But these are the states of consciousness we want to develop, to perfect. Obviously on retreat in the beginning, we experience flashes or states These are temporary. And when we do runes, sacred rites for rejuvenation, meditation, pranayama, we experience sparks and then we see, but then we fall asleep again because that effort is necessary to continue. This is the original meaning of mujahida, striving, mistakenly translated holy war, jihad. It means striving. And as we learn to concentrate, to focus in each exercise, to remember that presence of being, love, altruism, patience, compassion. We strive in the way of God. Master of the day of judgment, Geburah, in Hebrew meaning justice. This is our conscience. This is our heart that says this is right and this is wrong. 
The more we listen to that voice, the deeper it becomes and the more powerful our remembrance. We practice the Rune Rita to strengthen the law because spiritual reality is made of laws. If we vibrate with that level, we rise. If we disobey, we go down. This day of judgment has a macrocosmic significance, but more importantly for us, we judge ourselves every day when we meditate we catch an ego, we bring it to our attention, we imagine it, we pray, we seek comprehension. When the understanding is there, intelligence, Bina, the Divine Mother, can annihilate. But in Islam, they don't refer to the Divine Mother. They refer to Al-Burak, the creature that took Prophet Muhammad to heaven. That is a beautiful symbol. A creature with the face of a woman, the wings of a great bird, the body of a mule. Burak in Arabic means lightning. It is the sexual creative power. But first, we need comprehension. We need to judge ourselves very seriously and be willing to face the pain of it. When we see our worst Defects, we must face them. We must not run away. Neither must we indulge in shame. Remorse is a very distinct and different quality. When the heart knows we have wronged and that we must change. How do we do it? Concentration, imagination, related to Tifereth. Thee do we worship, and thine aid do we seek. This verse is very profound. And Sufi writers have explained that these two Phrases encompass meditation. In everything that we do, in our practices, we worship divinity. We concentrate. We give our full focus. We remember our being. That presence of love, of patience, of altruism, of attention, of awareness. 
Do we worship? We sit to concentrate. We introspect. We go within. In thine aid do we seek. When the mind is silent, when the body is drowsy, when the consciousness is awake, suddenly insight, images, visions, revelations emerge. We see the image, a symbol. We become inspired. We feel joy because we know it is a sign from our inner divinity about what we need in this work. But first, we need to discipline the mind, not out of a militant spirit, but relaxation, serenity, clarity. This is Tifereth, willpower. This will is not exertion. It is not strained. It is presence. Guide us upon the straight path relates to Yasad or guide us to the straight path. Some translations have that. It's applicable to everybody. This path is actualized and known by working with the creative energy. We must conserve, transmute, and elevate the fire of al-Burak up the straight path, the spine. We do so by working with the stone, the Kaaba, the black stone in the Middle East represents this creative power which can take us to heaven. In the traditional accounts, the Prophet Muhammad meditated at Mecca with his head upon the stone like Jacob in Genesis. And afterward, this mystical creature came to him, the Divine Mother, Al-Burak, took him from Mecca in Yasad, in Sex, up to Jerusalem, Darussalam, the City of Peace, the Chakra Sahasrara in the head, Keter and even took him to his Ain Sof, which is really the goal, the being. That light that shines in the space that is our true essence, the synthesis of everything that we are in the fundamental root 
It is the star of heaven that shine upon Christ's birth. It is happiness and limitless joy. But all these exercises empower us to go up. And so while on retreat, we do all these different exercises to learn to be well-rounded and to learn what will effectively help us to transform our level of being to a superior one. This is the path of those whom thou hast blessed related to Netzach, the mind. When our mind is calm, when it is at peace, when we do not think, over-rationalize, churn with agitation, we are really blessed. The mind must be calm, but we do not do it by force. We do it by looking. Observe your mind. Let it become still. There is a type of attention and effort in the consciousness, but it is not mental. It is the essence. It is the soul, the Buddha Dhatu. One who conquers the mind, Netzach in Hebrew, acquires victory, which is its translation. When the mind obeys, we are blessed. But we must work. Not of those who incur wrath relating to Hod, which is the glory of God, the emotional state, sometimes the astral vehicle. We must guard our emotions, our heart, what we feel. We must learn to look even at our emotional states and not fearing negativity or anger or pride. We learn to develop on retreat superior emotion. States of consciousness that are free of ego. Compassion and love. Patience. And a real inspiration. You may even experience this listening to great music. So these states of being are very dynamic. There is a profound range, infinite in scope. You cannot categorize the full potential of the being. We can only approximate in language. But superior emotion, like a symphony of Beethoven, with its tempests and its calm categorize, or better said, characterize the soul that is aspiring to its true nature. 
How do we incur wrath? Obviously, the sense of judgment and fear can alarm us, especially if you read the Quran itself. It can be very frightening to regular readers. But we have to remember that every time we enact on emotions or act on a state that is wrong, we feed it our energy. We create pain. And so we have to examine what are our behaviors emotionally we are engaging in, which create friction. And by stilling that, we go deeper. Nor of those who go astray. Malkut, our physical body, the kingdom. Obviously, this verse has been interpreted in the common way to relate to people who study Islam or practice it and then leave the faith. On a deeper level, we go astray when we forget God, when we don't remember him, when we don't pay attention, when we get distracted. But we should not be filled with fear that if we forget our being, we punish ourselves. It's a wrong attitude. We want to be alert. We want to be attentive. And we don't want to forget. But in the beginning, we forget. It is hard. It is difficult. And if we forget, bring yourself back. This is the training. This is the way. So these states of consciousness, while synthesized in the tree of life and emphasized in the Quran, are accessible. The real magic occurs when we discover these states in ourselves and learn to access from our own experience what these virtues are. If you have questions, I invite you to ask. Yes. Can you expand upon how uh, Islam left the Trinity and why, how that happened? Sure. Some of the Christians, when they took the knowledge, forgot the esotericism. Dion Fortune wrote that there were there was a division between the first Christians which you had the orthodoxy and the Gnostics who went underground. The mainstream Christian tradition came to believe in three people, literally. And Muhammad sought to rectify that. In the same way that in Hinduism, when the doctrine of Atman failed, 
the doctrine of self, whereby people believe that their ego was their true being. Buddhism came to change that. Anatman, no self. The absolute. So Muhammad, in the same way, came to change that because the Trinity is one light, one intelligence, and that it comes from the absolute. Allah is the light and the space, unmanifested and manifested. When traditions fail, divinity comes to teach and to fix the knowledge. Always happens. Traditions evolve, they degenerate, like everything. That's why we have to be very serious in examining the roots of these religions so that we don't get confused. Yes? When I um, reflect on Islam and the Quran, what strikes me is this um, strong severity you talked about, but at the same time, right. this supreme love and oneness of being. Could you explain how those two are related to each other or even perhaps the same thing? Mercy and justice be the equilibrium and the splendor of my life from the invocation of Solomon. We need both. Mercy without justice is complacency. Justice without mercy is tyranny. Those two virtues are balanced in the heart. Hesed, mercy. Geburah, severity. Tifereth, equilibrium. The heart knows how to weigh in each situation when to be kind, when to be severe. The balance is found when we meditate. We have to go within. Yes? So the prayer synthesizes a lot, right? The whole tree of life. And thus it reminds us of the Lord's prayer. Is, is this a valid parallel? And is this also a parallel in practice? Right? How to use the... You're saying the Lord's prayer? Yes, al-Fatiha is the equivalent for the Christians or the Gnostics of the Our Father. The Our Father works with the Sephiroth. Same thing here. But with um, the verses in the Quran go from the top to the bottom, which is very profound. Primarily because while we're working from the bottom up to enter initiation, we need divinity. We need help for him to come down, for her to come down, and to raise us. Sure. For those of us who haven't had much experience with divinity, how can we remember divinity from moment to moment? Great question. Practice. 
struggle, even great pain. On a basic level, when we act in a way that is beneficial, we taste something, even if it's about a spark. But with these exercises on retreat, we fan the embers. And more and more, especially as we sense and feel the exercises and examine our conduct, we learn in our heart this voice of conscience. It's easy to get caught up in wanting experiences. We read the writings of Salman Vior, we become very inspired. We want to taste that. We want to experience jinn states, astral travel, samadhi. And those are beautiful and they inspire us to go forward. But it is better to be a good person. We must not covet powers. We learn, but we learn to taste that when we practice. And it takes a long time. I know we mentioned that this experience happens in the moment, but we know it through trial and error. With patience, possess ye your souls. Not easy. It's easy to practice and get mechanical. We do the runes or the rites, mantras, but our heart's not in it. We have to be fully immersed in what we do. It begins with attention, awareness. The word for awareness in Arabic is muhadara, comes from the Arabic hudur, which means presence. It means that we're awake and attentive, observing what we're doing at all times. It is self-remembrance. And we have to keep trying. If we get mechanical with the practice, we have to start anew. Practice like you never had practiced before. That's part of the value of retreat. We may do exercises that we don't usually do, or we may practice in a group and learn from our interactions about what does work. Sometimes it clicks after months, after years. It's a taste. No one can teach you that. When you know it, you will do it. But we have to be willing to Try and not lose hope because everybody goes through a dark night. We may not experience or see anything. What gets us through it is compassion and service. When you give to people of your true qualifications and character, your skills, and you see people growing, then you know you're doing something right. By their fruits, you will know them. 
Sure. I think I missed uh, something. Did you say that the Pater is connected to the Bible? Or is that tree of life? Yes. The Our Father is a prayer that we invoke Christ in the different sephiroth. Each verse relates to different spheres in the tree of life in the same way that Al-Fatiha relates to all the spheres of the Kabbalah as well. And one thing to note too is that with Kabbalah, you hear the word Kaaba, which means the stone. So there's a connection there too. Circumambulation in Islam, when you go, if you go on Hajj, you circulate seven times around the stone. It relates to initiation. Seven serpents, fire and light, seven lower spheres. It also references the fact that you can only work with the stone seven times. Meaning you can perform this work, self-realization, seven times. Meaning you self-realize, you gain a level of knowledge. You become a perfect, resurrected, integrated with the being. And we know from our teachings that, or from the teachings that people can fall, masters can fall. And if they fall, they're given the opportunity to rise again. Seven times maximum. Otherwise, they could fall under damnation, which somehow describes as no other choice but for that soul to be disintegrated in the infernal worlds. Could you elaborate a little bit about the letters that precede most of the Quranic chapters, for example, the Surah Bakura and what those mean Kabbalistically? Great. Bismillah, Irrahman, Irrahim. In the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. It's the same line from the opening. Every surah begins with that line, except for Surah 9. Alif is the Hebrew Aleph. Alif is a straight line. It's the spinal column from which we raise the creative power with our breath. That's the straight path in us. Alif is the father. And Alif is a breath. When you do the runes, you breathe and then you pronounce like the rune fa. Fa, etc. Fohat, fire. Alif is hidden within the fire and the fire within the breath when we speak mantras. And the fact that the Quran is a book that is recited verbally is profoundly significant. It is a mantra. And mantras help us to remember God. The Quran, another name for it, is also the, the remembrance. It begins with Ba, Bismillah, in the name of Allah. 
Ba in Arabic or the Hebrew bet means wisdom. And if you listen to many lectures on the website, you know that Bereshit in wisdom created Elohim. Or the Elohim were created in wisdom. So the, the Arabic is similar in wisdom, in the name of Allah, meaning um, when we learn to pronounce the sacred verb consciously, we gain wisdom. But um, that bismillah also is only in, um, is in every surah except for nine, which is deep. Because the ninth sphere, Yasad, there is no bismillah. Because there's no guarantee whether we'll rise or fall. We have to take the sexual energy very seriously. That's the straight path in the spinal column. And you find even in this Tibetan Buddhist monastery or this uh, temple, you have the Buddha, Padmasambhava, and Tara. The Buddha is Alif, the father. Lam, or Hebrew Lamed, is the word, because it looks like a tongue to speak. It is Padmasambhava, the word, Christ. And Mim, or the Hebrew Mem, is Tara, the Divine Mother. Alif, Lam, Mim, I believe it means um, the all-knowing. Very deep. Sure. What does the word Islam mean? Is there a relation to like ISIS and Sure. Islam means submission, means to submit to God. And we're doing this every day. Every practice we pray, divinity, help me. We submit our head to the earth, to divinity and humility. Sometimes if you enter the temple, you can bow like that. But in the canonical prayers in Islam, they bow to the earth, their head completely down. Because the symbol is that we're taking our mind and putting it at the service of God, our inner being. Islam relates to salam, which means peace. It's very beautiful. When we submit to our being, when we put our mind aside and do what our conscience tells us, we gain serenity. The mind stills. We gain clarity. Yeah, sure. Um, I see and I feel the mercy and, and the severity every day, all the time but yet I feel I lack willpower. Pray. What did Jesus, uh, Jesus said, watch and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane before his passion. There are runes to develop willpower. 
I believe we've done something similar with Olin. You can do Dorn. Face the east, left hand on your left side, right hand on your right hip. The mantras, ta, te, ti, to, tu. The letter T strikes the consciousness like a hammer. It is the will of Thor. Similar to Thorn, or the crown of thorns that we, or the initiate puts on in the path, the straight path. We develop the will of Christ with this rune. If you need will, do this every day. Face the sun every morning. Start with 10 minutes. Simple. Pray deeply. My God, give me strength. You can even imagine whatever challenges you are having that you want to face and overcome and pray to your divine mother, the Holy Spirit, to give you will. Do that every day. And by facing those situations where we lack will, you take one step. Maybe we fumble, we fail, but we keep trying. We have to. It'll give you a lot of strength. I've had jobs that were very difficult, where, as a blessing on some occasions, I've had, I've had um, break periods where I could do Dorn for an hour. If you can do that, the energy will help give you willpower. Where do the shapes of the runes come from uh, as far as in human and how do you make the shapes? Is it because of the letters? Yes. So they're just mimicking the letters? There's no form of the vowel body maybe interacting in a certain way? There is an interaction with the vowels and the positions. So the Nordic runes come from Futhark. And Futhark... It's a series of postures you put your body in and then you pray and do mantras. It's an alphabet, not only of literal characters, but forces. Each rune represents a principle in nature. And when you pray, adopt the position, vocalize, concentrate on the vibration in your body Imagine the energies if you want. You connect with your being. You get more power. Same with sacred rites. The body takes on positions, but you pray. It's a signal to your inner God. And each rune is unique. When you do the mantras and prayers and you try them, with time you see how they affect your life. And then you can work with whatever runes are best suited to your needs. Yes? Do you know the meaning behind the 99 names? The 99 names relates to Kabbalah. In Islam, they believe in one divinity, strictly monotheistic. 
And while divinity is one light, that light expresses in many ways. And the Quran or the Muslim tradition use 99 names because nine plus nine is 18. Nine heavens, nine hells. Because the names of God are perfect, but these are principles, qualities of being, which when they're manifested in the tree of life are states of consciousness. When we take the energy of divinity and we channel it through our ego, we form the hell realms. In Islam, they call it the tree of Zakum, which in Arabia is an actual tree. Its leaves are very bitter to taste. And it's a symbol of the hell realms. But 99 names because nine also relates to Yasad. You develop those, we develop those qualities of the being when we work with transmutation. The 99 names are developed through initiation. These are states of consciousness. And they also correlate in the Sufism to what are called stations. This is just the Arabic term for initiation, different sephiroth. And those 99 names can be transposed upon the tree of life in different ways. They relate to different aspects of the being. Any questions? Sure. A thousand and one with the open sesame Arabian Nights. What is the thousand and one? So the thousand and one Arabian Nights is a story, a series of collection of folklore from uh, Arabia. And you hear obviously the very famous story of Alibaba and the 40 thieves or Aladdin. And those stories are narratives that teach about the path different ways. Um, they're very deep. In the um, myth of Alibaba and the 40 thieves, like when we did the sacred rites of rejuvenation, the mantra's open sesame comes from that book. And open sesame is a mantra, opens doors within the mind, the chakras, the internal bodies. Even if you're in the astral plane and you want to get through an obstacle, like a locked door or a wall, open sesame, it'll open, and then you can go through. Very powerful and very sacred. And in the myth of Alibaba, you find that to get the gold from the cave, Alibaba had to use that mantra to move a boulder. That boulder is Yasad. We have to move the stone up our spine so that we can go into the cave of our mind, extract the gold of the spirit, so that the 40 thieves don't steal it. 40 relates to Mem in Hebrew or Mim in Arabic. In our waters is lust and also the gold. We have to find the thieves and annihilate them. It's our egos, the infidels, the unbelievers. Sure. What is jihad? It comes from the Arabic mujahida, which means striving. So jihad came to inappropriately represent the killing of people who don't follow one's faith. Prophet Muhammad taught two forms of striving. I believe in um, 
some of the oral traditions, the Hadith, he was asked, or he said to his disciples, do you know what the two forms of striving are? And the terms he gives are jihad al-asgar and jihad al-akbar, the lesser and the greater. The lesser striving is when you are defending yourself. And obviously in our tradition, we have prayers and mantras, exercises to defend ourselves against black magic. But the greater striving is against our own desires. And he said, the greater precedes the lesser. If we're not working on our own mind, it doesn't matter what any black magician does. They'll control us. But if you work against your passions, then the prayers work. If you act with ego, you can't effectively express the being. It's like a sword or any weapon, the prayers and mantras. You learn by use, but those are the two forms. And it's very sad that this tradition is very degenerated or degenerated very soon after Prophet Muhammad died or disincarnated. It's a big mess. It's a beautiful teaching that is uh, misappropriated. The Sufis do a good job or we're teaching a, the symbolic aspect of striving, that this is a holy war against your passions. I don't think, personally, I, I don't know physically or internally any Sufi groups that are doing this work. I'm sure there may be initiates in the Sufi religion who are, but they don't announce themselves. They're not, um, well, it's, uh, I think it's very it would be very difficult to find that unless you go internally. I believe there was a Sufi writer by the name of Al-Kushari. He wrote a very famous Persian Sufi book that Rumi used to teach his students. Kushari said, even in the 200 years after the times of Prophet Muhammad, that Sufism is dead. Any tradition declines. Personally, I don't know any groups, but internally you can meet initiates of that ray. It makes sense if it would be. Yeah. It's been so, yeah, afterwards. I mean, did the crusades, did they have that esoteric significance in the crusades and the battle for Jerusalem between the West and the, the Turks and the Muslims? What's interesting, I think I've, I've heard stories, I personally don't know this, but I've heard stories that there were, during the Crusades, there were Christian knights, like the Templars, who were a group, and certain Muslim warriors from the other side. And they would, certain groups, certain members of them would actually shake in the Masonic way because they knew they were initiates and they could recognize each other. Obviously, for us, being asleep, 
very difficult. That's why the best way to verify anything is to go internally in the astral plane. And then you can decide for yourself and learn what's the, the truth. You just said the word ray, like you said, of that ray. And I remember reading, I think, somewhere on the website a reference to cultural rays. And these seem distinct from the planetary rays. Could you elaborate a bit about the cultural rays of religion? Sure. Uh, the cultural ray, well, for those who don't know, the spiritual ray relates to when Christ leaves the absolute to enter the universe. And our monad emerges from that source. That monad, our spirit, enters or is given to us from one of the heads of the seven rays related to moon, Mercury, Venus, Sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. A cultural ray, or better said, uh, the spiritual ray, is a type of influence related to our being, our true nature. For some of us, our inner spirit may be related to Mars, to war spiritual war against the ego, strength, karma, the law. So maybe related to the moon, related to um, birth and fertility. And we can read about that description in the book, The Seven Words by Samal and Vior. The cultural rate relates to when our soul develops in distinct epochs and time periods throughout the world. We incarnate and transmigrate to different places. Some of us may develop, have developed in Buddhism or Hinduism or in Islam or Judaism, Mayan, Aztec, which is why when we reflect on our experience of life and our interests, we may find that we have a particular leaning to a certain culture. And that may show us that in our past lives, we are in that part of the world. Many of us may have developed as initiates in Egypt or in the Yucatan. And so certain things resonate with us. And it's good when we study cultural rays that we examine our interests because divinity seeks to inspire us through certain scriptures. And we may get a certain strength from remembering that knowledge from, from a distant past. It can help us to be more studious, but also understanding of our own character. Thank you. To learn more about the knowledge covered in this lecture, we invite you to study the books available through Glorian Publishing or GnosticTeachings.org. You can also view free online courses, lectures, transcriptions, and articles available at chicagognosis.org. All of this is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Have you benefited from this knowledge? Help others by making a tax-deductible donation at chicagognosis.org. We thank you for listening. We hope that these lectures aid you in developing your complete and divine potential. May all beings be happy. May all beings be joyful. May all beings be in peace.